The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jaguer. Presenting Season 7, Run Silent, Run Deep. Descent, Part 2, written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, and Dennis Lee. John was in the break room with Pavel when the call came. Bear was expounding on the merits of Roseanne as a teaching tool for family dynamics. John had been doing his best for the past hour and a half to just nod and sip his beer without really listening. Unfortunately, he was just about out of beer. Since he was technically on call, he couldn't leave the HQ for at least another four hours. The sacrifices I make for my comrades. To protect them from my comrades. Just as John had finished the last of his beer, an alarm came to life briefly, followed by a burst of static on the intercom. Attention, attention, all hands. Situation on the Marta line. Echo hostages have been taken. All on-duty personnel are to report to the briefing room immediately in full gear. That was Gamayun. She repeated the instructions in rapid-fire Russian. Then the alarm came back on. At the same time, his overwatch rig came to life. People, we have a hostage situation on the Marta. Repeat, a hostage situation on the Marta. Vicky repeated the list of phony demands. Weapons, money, about half of Georgia to be ceded to them and renamed State of Rebellion. Patching you all in full Overwatch group mode now. Those of you with the new rig, use it. John set the empty beer bottle down, slapping one of Pavel's metal knees with his free hand. Time to go to work, old-timer. And not a moment too soon. He was already up and jogging away when Bear stood up, shouting, "'But I was about to be giving my treatise on John Goodman's approach to fatherhood!' Five minutes later, John was running towards the briefing room while still zipping up his vest. Some of the CCCP had nanoweave gear, mixed and matched with what was already on hand. It was lucky that CCCP uniform colors were predominantly black, since nanoweave didn't take dyes. John rounded the last corner and trotted into the briefing room, followed seconds later by the rest of the on-duty comrades. The usual suspects, Georgie, Pavel, and Mamona, they all shared shifts more often than not, with the duty roster rotating so that they all switched patrol partners some of the time. Georgie was John's usual motorcycle patrol partner. They worked well together. The commissar was already suited up and waiting for them. I wonder if she sleeps in the damned patrol uniform. She's always first one here, even with no warning, and always suited up. She was grinning, her face down and eyes examining each of them as the team fell in. When everyone was settled, she leaned forward, placing her hands on the worn table in front of her. That same smile, which would have seemed conspiratorial on anyone else but was disquieting when worn by the commissar, was still there. Today, comrades, she said drawing out the words as if to savor them. It is, how they say here, open season on mercenaries, and there will be yet anything sublethal about it. Overwatch Command, Mark II Overwatch, Open Corby, Knight, Leader, Sammys, Ramona, Bella, Pride, Bulwark, Genie, Shakti, Public, Public Group Link. Add Savior, Soviet, Unter, JM, Public, Public Group Link. Vicky's hands flew over the keyboard. 
Heads up, this is Overwatch. CCCP dispatched. Savior is ground command CCCP since she's free to move and Pride's not. Camera feeds on your HUD from the train. All of you with the new rig are linked up now. You can access folks with the old rig with the command Open Overwatch Mark 1 and their name or Let Me Handle It. People with the old rig were getting a recorded repeat of her original alert now, and responses were coming in as she linked them in group mode. At the ceremony, things were proceeding as if the hostage situation wasn't occurring at all. Of course they were. This was all being orchestrated by Verd, and he'd pulled the reveal only when he was good and ready. She listened with half an ear while the others began coordinating with each other. After a few, surprisingly few, moments of confusion, that was exactly what they did. The past few weeks of working out the internal rebellion had done wonders. Nat, Bull, I'm seeding Strad as well as command to you, Yankee Pride muttered, unbearable tension and frustration clear in his voice. Bird's acting like nothing's happening. If I break away, he'll know we'll cop to it, and we're reacting. Oh, wait. Something's going on. Well, that was clear enough. Verdigree had put one hand to an ear, frowning, then muttered something into a lapel mic. The something was fully audible enough to Vicky, using Pride and Bella's enhanced mics. Right. Dispatch response teams Gamma, Victor, and Sigma. It's only Rebs. How hard can it be to put them down? No, no, don't bother scrambling Echo Medical. These are metas. After all, even if they are retired, they won't get hurt. This is no more than a publicity stunt and an annoyance. Then he returned his attention to the audience, continuing his speech as though nothing had happened. Patch me through to Echo Med, Bella ordered, turning her face away from Verd and Kanjar, her voice a thread of a whisper. Vicky complied, putting Bella not only on the medcoms, but the med PA system. Bella's voice might be inaudible to anyone next to her, but Vicky made sure it was at a good volume going out. Echo Med, this is Belladonna Blue. Red alert, full scramble. The martyr with the retirees has been hijacked. I need the full response team up and moving. Ignore all other orders but mine. Dispatch to Marta five points terminal and set up, but be prepared to move on the instant. Suit up in nanoweave. And go armed if you don't have offensive powers. If you have the new comms, use them. Do you copy? Even if they weren't wired with Overwatch rig, the past several weeks of Bella as their CMO had instilled a firm confidence in her in every member of Echomed. And by this point, most of Echomed was on Overwatch Mark I, including the DCO with Bulls teams on the train. Gilead, who Vicky could see looking up from the camera from Car 7 and nodding slightly. Good. The response was immediate. Panacea here, lead DCO. We copy, CMO. Pacifist protocol off. Moving now. Out. I take it we scramblers ordered. That was Corby coming in. His team was one of the three Vert had ordered out. Probably to be cannon fodder. Yes, said Bulwark very quietly. Clearly, too, he was avoiding being overheard. Then ignore anything that doesn't come from me or Red Savior. They could to be ignoring you, too, Comrade Bulwark, Savior sniped. I see you being pinned down. I believe I am being true free agent. Bull, how do you want me to handle the ones that aren't on Overwatch? Vicky asked. Can you patch into the Echo Freaks without Verdigree finding out about it? He asked. She ran through some mathematical calculations in her mind. Maybe. Fifty-fifty. Uh, 
Who's Echo dispatched today? He wanted to know. Dean Colt. She knew him by voice. He had been on the list of those they wanted to approach, but she hadn't gotten around to her usual grueling background check yet. Good man. I'll take the chance he's not on Verdigree's payroll. Contact him directly and do it through him. Vicky's hands were flying again while she issued more commands. Overwatch command, open direct line echo dispatch op. Meanwhile, she directed her rig to scan for Blacksnake Com. They were using one, of course, how could they not be? You couldn't pull something like this off without Com. Probably scrambled, but Blacksnake was a big organization, and the thing about big organizations was that they got lazy. There was a high probability that they were reusing an old code or an old protocol to scramble, and Overwatch had every old one that Vicky had ever been able to find. Operative cult, she said, as soon as the link was established. Ma'am, whoever you are, this is Echo Dispatch, and... This is Operative Nash, callsign Vicky V, Echo Project Overwatch, she said, interrupting him. The Colt brothers, Sam and Dean, shared split shifts on dispatch duty, and they were polite southern boys. It was almost painfully easy to run right over the top of them if you were female. Overwatch? But... No, Overwatch is not the DNA storage project. She patched in Yankee pride. I have Echo Dispatch. Authorize me, Pride. In the monitor, she watched Pride turn his head away as if scanning the crowd. This is Yankee Pride, Colt. You are authorized to give Overwatch any goddamn thing she wants. Vicky blinked. It was odd to hear Pride say anything stronger than darn, a testament to how much frustration he must be enduring. Yes, sir, Colt stammered. Vicky began explaining the situation to him in crisp, concise detail, pausing only when the search program reported it had found a presumed blacksnake freak, and again when it reported that, as she had expected, it was using an old scrambling protocol, and began relaying the little chatter there was through one of the auxiliary speakers. Patching you through to Operative Bulwark, who has on-site command at the train, she said when she was done, and turned her attention to the blacksnake chatter. Colt, Bulwark said, sounding ridiculously calm. I assume you've been briefed. Sir, yes, sir, Colt responded, and added heatedly, when we round up Verdigree... We'll deal with him later, Bulwark said sternly. We do not tip our hand. The only way we'll get him is if he is unaware that we know what the troop situation is. Now, this is what I want you to do. Natalia clearly hated every moment of the ride in the van. She kept threatening Mamona with excoriation if she didn't go faster. Given the state of the van and the Atlanta streets between the HQ and the terminal, it was amazing that they hadn't crashed a dozen times over. More testament to Mamona's reflexes and knowledge of the city than anything else, but it still wasn't enough for the commissar. Untermensch knew what she was thinking. Is proper tactics to seal off the terminal, seal off the blacksnake dog's route of escape. But he knew there was still the not-so-little voice clawing at the back of her mind, urging her forward to take the fight to the enemy. Untermensch had been watching the commissar from his seat on the left side of the van as he and the rest of the squad were doing final checks on their gear and weapons, merely habit and redundancy, since everything had been checked over rapidly right before they left. After having worked with Natalia Nikolaevna Shostakovich over the years, he had become a very good judge of her moods. Since before the van had screeched out of the CCCP garage, the commissar had been chain-smoking, 
far more heavily than was usual for her. She had just thrown her last cigarette out of the window and crumpled the empty pack with disgust, her knee bouncing frantic energy, when he decided to speak up. Commissar. She waved a hand over her shoulder, indicating that she was listening. Are you all right? She whirled around in her seat so fast and viciously that for a moment Untermensch thought that the commissar was going to strike him for daring to ask such an impertinent question. For half a second, her face was cast with a crazed, manic mask. Just as quickly, however, she regained her composure. She looked like Natalia again, and not some crazed animal. Well, perhaps not as crazed. No, she blurted out. I am yet fine. The commissar clumsily scrambled out of her seat and into the back of the van, her feet kicking towards the windshield and in front of Mamona's face as she climbed over the seating, causing the car to swerve several times on the road. Hey! I, I, I mean, uh, commissar! Almost lost a bit of control there! Mamona fixed her eyes front and gripped tight enough to turn her knuckles white on the steering wheel, weaving in and out of traffic and down side roads in order to beat the Marta train. Georgie? We are to be leaving the van now. The commissar turned in her seat to face John. Murdoch, you are in charge of evacuating and securing the station until I rejoin you there. No mistakes, understood? None of these svinia are getting away from us. Not today. John shrugged. Roger that, commissar. It'll get done. He racked the charging handle on his M4, chambering around to punctuate his sentence. Horosha. She turned back to Untermensch. Come, we'll explain plan on the way. The commissar opened the side door for the van, the wind and humidity rushing in. Time for us to get the horse in this fight. Dog, Mamona corrected automatically. Dog in this fight. Yet, Bear piped up. Is being correct Americanski saying about pig? Da, da, whatever is pink, dave! Natalia threw an arm under Georgie's arms and kicked out of the van on a plume of energy, causing the van to rock perilously from side to side as Mamona swore and tried to correct. The van quickly dwindled away below the pair as the rush of the wind in his ears grew louder. He saw that the commissar was making a beeline for the Marta. Commissar! Unter had to shout several times to get her attention. He'd hardly ever seen her fly this fast before. Finally, he was able to gain her attention. She looked down at him, annoyed. What are we doing? Getting you to be on train. Echo is needing all the help it can get. She outlined the rest of the plan to him by the time they had the train in sight. With perfect timing and more luck than Unter thought existed in the world, the plan just might work. Good. I was needing a workout. Overwatch to Bulwark. Site rep update. Teams that bird scrambled diverted to clear five point station of civilians. Echo Med staging at five points. Marta authorities contacted and all trains being halted or cleared out of the station. CCCP moving to rendezvous with Echo at five points. IID Red Savior and Untermensch as leaving main force and heading your way by air. Your DCO in car seven is briefed. Understood, Overwatch, Bull said. Dean, am I patched through? Sir, yes, sir. This is Operative Bulwark, coming across multiple Overwatch, Echo, and CCCP channels. If you're hearing this, 
You're either aware of our underground movement opposing vertebrae, or we're sure we can trust you to join us. For the latter, we had planned to approach you in time, but Verdigree has forced our hand early. He has staged a force of what we believe to be Black Snake operatives posing as Rebs on the Martyr Line, escorting the Echo veterans, and has taken the train hostage. We will advise on his motives when we have determined them. For now, if you are not already en route to the Five Point Station, please proceed there ASAP. The train has been rigged with explosives, so our goal is to commandeer the train before it proceeds into the downtown core. This will likely be messy. Expect casualties and well-trained foes. Bulwark, out. Yankee Pride verifying operative Bulwark. Belladonna Blue, verifying operative Bulwark. Echo Med rendezvous with Panacea on the plaza level outside the Marta police station. Bull turned to his crew. All right. Give me the lay of the land. They've got us by the balls, Bull, Frankentrain said, jerking his thumb towards the front of the train. That Tammy girl is now in the next car. Her thumb's not moving from what looks like a remote detonator. You sure? Bull asked. Frankentrain nodded. She's making the point of letting us see it. She's got about twenty with her in that car, sir, Ryder added. From what I remember, she's got another thirty in the other cars, not counting the lead car, which is closed off. We're going to need a distraction, and somehow get out and over to it without them knowing. Bull nodded. We've got a couple of reinforcements from CCCP coming in. They'll head for the lead car. Ryder, when I give the signal, you take Team 2 outside and join them. How are our captors for weaponry? If they're Black Snake, no idea on powers except for that girl who makes smoke, Ryder reported. I see a lot of pistols, though, and some rifles. Rifles on a moving train, Bull said, shaking his head. That's a little careless for Black Snake, isn't it? Ryder shook his head. Not conventional, sir. By the looks of them, I'd say they were packing electrical discharge cannons and projectile tasers. How do you know that? Frankentrain asked. I read about him, Ryder said simply. All right, then, Bull said. First things first. Before we move out to stop this train and take out those Black Snake mercs, we need to get the veterans out of danger. We need to disable that detonator and, failing that, disarm those bombs. I need options here, and I need... Mr. Echo Man! Tammy's voice chimed over the PA. You know I can hear you right. And hello, you should really get your story straight and know who your captors are. As a rule, us rebs don't like to be confused with Black Snake. Save it, Bull snapped. He approached the door leading to the next car. Tammy stood on the other side, smirking at him through the glass. In one hand, she held a small comm unit to her mouth. In the other, she kept her thumb gently pressed against an illuminated red detonator button. We know damn well who you are, and who you work for. We also know we can't meet your demands before we get this train under the city. So why don't we cut the crap and get to it? What do you want? Tammy chuckled, her voice dropping an octave. Oh, good. That voice was beginning to grate on my nerves. So you know, Operative Bulwark, it changes little. She glanced down at the elevated track and the ground far below. Tell me, Bulwark, 
have you ever wondered what would happen if you and your kinetic shield hit the ground from this height and at this speed? Would you bounce like a shimmering ball? Or would the impact knock you out and dash your brains out on that cold concrete? Me? I'm kind of curious to find out. What do you want? Bull repeated. Oh, don't you worry your disproportionately humongous head over that, she said with a smile. You just worry about keeping calm, keeping your people still, and hey, maybe I'll even let you try to negotiate with us. She craned her neck to look around his crew. Strange, I thought you even had a negotiator with you, the dumpy one with the nice smile. Oh well, the offer still stands. What did you do with Dusty? Bull said, and slammed his hand against the protective glass. Careful, Tammy hissed, and raised the detonator in a menacing gesture. My thumbs feel a bit twitchy. Don't test me, Bulwark. I won't warn you again. We see any of you trying to leave that car, any motion to break down the glass or those doors, or any funny business from the vet cars, then I press this nifty little button to separate your cars off and blow you sky high. Bull bared his teeth in frustration and was about to retort when a new voice came across the PA system. A very familiar voice. Hey, Harmony! The voice crackled against sounds of high winds. Can you define funny business for us? Bull turned around and stared through the glass at the other end of the car. Riding the outside of the veteran's car, a female figure hung by one hand between the compartments. Her face was masked by goggles and a scarf, though it was clearly her shouting through a handheld walkie-talkie. Unit 5! Tammy shouted. What are you doing out there? Harmony, Bulwark said, his head whipping back to stare incredulously at Tammy. Tammy sighed and closed her eyes. Bulwark watched as her features shifted in place. When she opened her eyes again, it was Harmony staring back at him. That's a bit of a relief, actually, she muttered. Unit 5. I believe spankings will be in order when we get back. I'm looking forward to it, the masked girl shouted. But you didn't answer my question. She jerked her head back to the interior of the passenger car. Would that satisfy your definition of funny business? Bull turned again. Inside the next car, the Echo Meta stationed with the veterans, and it appeared some of the veterans themselves had overtaken and bound their black snake captors. He looked back at Harmony, who was now seething in anger. Who is this? Harmony demanded. You seem familiar. I should, the girl shouted. You almost spotted me a couple of times, but what can I say? I was well trained. Can't have been that well, Harmony snarled. Guess I get to see if Bull can bounce after all. She raised the detonator. No, Bull shouted and slammed his hands against the glass. Harmony pressed the button. Verd had paused again, frowning, with one hand on his earpiece. Bella knew why. Vicky was updating her practically by the second, and he must have gotten word from his goons that his plan had gone seriously pear-shaped. His frown deepened. "'Go to Plan B, then,' he growled, and wrapped up his speech. 
but it sounded rushed and nothing like in keeping with the rest of the speech. People in the audience were reacting with vague unease, detecting the change and not understanding what they were uneasy about. His hand is being pushed. He's distracted. His timing is off. And, and now, Yankee Pride will unveil the monument to our honored fallen, Verdigree said, waving at Pride. This was not in the script either. It was Bella who was supposed to pull the rope, which was on her side, and they had to swap places so Pride could reach it. That was when she suddenly realized that Verd's split concentration, the distraction of the fabric falling away from the monument, and the increasingly negative reports coming in on his earpiece just might give her that opportunity. She edged closer to him. Yankee Pride pulled the gilded rope, and the canvas dropped, revealing a bland and tasteful, and utterly soulless, abstract of a curving arc of stone rising out of what were probably supposed to be equally abstract ruins. The sharp tip of the arc glinted crystal. Polite applause began. Bella edged even closer. Then... Bella, whatever you're planning, don't do it, Red Genie's voice said harshly in her inner ear. Kanji's gone into full bodyguard mode, and I can't get to her before she gets to you. The hell? It took everything she had not to start in surprise. Where are you? she hissed. Close. Bull put me on bodyguard for you. Stay focused. Oh, that was... Frustration and anger welled up in her. What was he doing here? He should be with the rest of the team, not wasted on babysitting her. She was perfectly capable of taking care of herself. Damn it, Red! You should be on that train right now, and since you aren't, you should be at five points. We— Don't be stupid, he interjected, cutting her off. You're too important. Now stop making my job harder and keep your damn head down. Vert's pretty pitbull is on full alert, and if you make any move towards him, she's going to drop you. With the hope of refuting him, she let her empathic sense drift towards Kanjar. Only to be slammed with a wall of adrenaline-charged purpose. Kanjar's attention was, impossibly, everywhere. Red was right. All that would happen if she tried her planned move would be that she would, if she was very lucky, be dropped unconscious before she got close enough to touch him. It was unlikely Kanjar would give her the benefit of the doubt, so probably she'd be dead, and for nothing. All right, plan B. What if I think of a way to distract Verd so Pride can get out of here without risking myself? Only if you run it by me first. I just knew you would say that. Harmony thumbed the detonator in fury, anticipating the rear cars to break off, the glorious explosions and flames to follow, and perhaps the sight of Bulwark attempting in vain to save as many as he could. Nothing. Incredulously, she thumbed it again, harder, then whacked it against the side of the car. Nothing. What's the matter, Harm? the girl shouted back. Toy not work? <laughs> I wonder why. What did you do? Harmony screamed back in a white-hot rage. I found all the bombs and defused them. Oh, and disabled the device to separate the cars. <laughs> Told you we were trained well. The girl reached up to pull down her scarf and raise her goggles. She was grinning. With a feeling as if she had been drenched in ice water, Harmony recognized Scope. Scope, Harmony snarled. And I'm guessing Bruno's with you. 
Acrobat rose up from between the cars. His face was also hidden behind a ventilator, mask, and goggles, but his boyish salute and wave gave him away. Harmony realized something else. He was getting smaller. No, they and the vent cars were getting smaller, because they were separating from the train. Acrobat waved again, and in his hand Harmony saw the manual locks that connected the cars together. "'Don't worry about us, Harm,' said Scope over the black snake calm. "'We have someone in here who knows how to drive. Oh, and about your toy. You did realize there were bombs planted in every car, didn't you? We didn't want you to miss our show, so we disabled all of them for you. Wasn't that nice of us?' If Harmony had felt drenched in ice water before, she now felt as if she had been frozen solid. Verdigree had sold her out and set her up, just as Verd had set Jack up. He had never intended to pay up, and he had figured on making sure he wouldn't have to by killing them all. She seethed with anger but fought it down. She had other problems right now, loose ends to take care of before she paid Verdigree one last call. One of those loose ends was staring down at her, his jaw set, his face a stone mask to his fury. "'Just you and me now, Harmony,' he said. "'I told you I'd see you again. Let's see how much you break this time.' "'Fall back!' Harmony cried, and backed away from the door. "'Defensive positions! If they breach, take them down!' Bull turned away and motioned one of his men to the door. The meta grinned and raised his arm. His hand seemed to disappear, replaced by a hot incandescent flame that blew out like a torch. Bull let him pass to work on the steel door and motioned to paperback Ryder. Ryder, move your team out. Ryder nodded. He motioned his team around him. They did a quick check of their gear, including their magnetized gloves and boots, and gave him the go sign. He knelt and raised one fist high in the air. As one, they reached out and took hold of his arm, and then they vanished. Frankentrain whistled. That's a new one. Bull grunted. You know how he works. His powers are all one-shots. He's been saving that one for a while now when we needed it. Too bad it's short range or he could have taken them all to the front compartment. They heard heavy footsteps on the roof as Ryder's team leapt to the next car. But that'll do. Sea Torch. We through yet? Just about, Sea Torch yelled, his hand burning a slow circle through the barrier. Frank, you've got point. You're on anything energy-based they throw at us. I'll pick up the slack behind you for any stray projectiles with the shield. Bull stared intently through the glass. Harmony's forces had set up a barricade halfway up the next car. Standard melee assault maneuvers, ladies and gentlemen. We take territory and hold it. If you see Harmony... Chance the artillery. She's blinding fast, and you don't want her touching you, is that understood? Yes, sir, the Echo Ops answered. Sea Torch hooted as he finished cutting through. Then let's get to work, Bull snarled, and kicked the door down. Overwatch, command, full in-slash-out relay Gamayun Echo Dispatch, Vicky ordered, giving Gamayun of the CCCP and Cult of Echo Dispatch full access to the chatter on all channels. That took some of the coordination off her hands, which was a good thing, since a few seconds later, Bulwark came on her private freak. It was fairly noisy with shouts and sounds of combat. Overwatch, can you switch Scope and Acrobat's Black Snake Calm over to us? He asked. Oh boy, don't ask much, do you? 
"'Maybe,' she replied, and quickly told her Heisenberg calculator to give her numbers. "'Um, probability 40 percent, with a 75 percent modifier that will lose black snake chatter altogether.' "'Anything we can do at this end to better those odds,' he replied. "'I don't want to lose the black snake chatter, but we need our ops back online.' "'Will it to happen?' she told him honestly. He hesitated a moment, probably not sure if she was being serious or not. She was. Do it, he said. Out. Oh, crap. She dove for her box of personal packets and got out Scope and Bruno's, plugging them into the first available spots. Overwatch command, she said as she worked. My personal freak. Open Echo Dispatch. Open CCCP Dispatch. Cult. Gamayoon. Go, Overwatch. Datovarich. I might lose the black snake chatter in a minute. Something I have to do might drop it. If you've got a free hand, try to pick them up. They're using black snake protocol Baker 9 or 1 Alpha, and they're on Harry Dog 670.1 Baker. Colt, this'll mean you'll have to tap into Echo's comp compatibility and... No worries, Overwatch. I woke up Sam and sent him down to the computer room. It's ours, and Green Boy won't get a whiff. I think I love you and will have your children, she said fervently, getting back into her chair. Gamayoon, CCCP's rig isn't as sophisticated. Da, but is more robust. Sturdy socialist construction. Nichevo. Sometimes brute force wins day. Roger that. Okay, I need to do my thing. Pick up the slack for me for about a minute. Try and catch if the black snake ball drops. She took her hands off the keyboard for a moment, closed her eyes, and calculated. Law of Contagion. Scope and Acrobat had their comms in their hands or on their belts. Law of Identity. Vicky could see those comms via the security cameras on the cars. Law of Similarity. Make their freaks look like Overwatch freaks. End in three, two, one, go. She blazed through the equations like a rocket, because there was no time. No time. And in the monitor showing Scope and Acrobat's cams, the black snake comms at their belts failed, spectacularly, in a shower of sparks. Oh, bloody. Vicky's thoughts dissolved into a cascade of Romney cursing when two freaks that hadn't been live in far too long suddenly lit up. Scope to Overwatch. Overwatch, did you hex our snake comms? Scope? She yelped. And Bruno. Acrobat said gleefully. Hi, Avivi. We kept our Overwatch rigs. We figured we might need them. She thanked all of the gods of communication as she typed commands into the keyboard. Overwatch to misfits. Big man wants you on comm instantly, or in person. Can you make it to him? Sorry, Overwatch, Scope answered. We're slowing down. The big guy's pulling away, and we haven't learned to fly yet. Well, that's just... Wait, did you say fly? You have been listening to Season 7 of the Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series. The Secret World Chronicle podcast is narrated and produced by Veronica Jagger. Music is Exciting Trailer by Kevin McLeod, available at Incompetech.com. The Secret World Chronicle is published by the amazing people at Bay and Books. Follow the series at www.secretworldchronicle.com. Join us on Facebook and check out the authors on Twitter. And as always, thank you.
Thank you for listening.